right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And uh, I'll have to admit, you know, Craig, out of uh, what, four four years doing this, or in our fourth year, right? Um, this is a, a tough one to kind of rebound from and sit down and talk about. Yeah, I'm almost ready. Let's talk about the bowl game. You're already done? <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those games where, man, I don't even want to talk about it. So, yeah. Or, it, or, or it's not even that. It's like, where do you begin? Or, or where does the blame go? Well, to it's, maybe it's, soften the blow or not to start off too uh, hideously. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm not even sure where I'm trying to go with that, but uh, we do get to go back to our did you know. So, uh, Craig, you can actually kind of help me out with this because I'll ask you, do you want to hear about Egypt or do you want to hear about Rome? Well, let's do Rome, man. Okay. All right. So our did you know segment that comes to you this week, we'll go ahead and talk about Rome. And uh, it's short and sweet, but did you know that there is a city called Rome on every continent? Hmm. No, I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There you go. That that's a good. That, I feel like that's one that might that you know could maybe come up if it was in a game show or something. Might be interesting. Yeah. I've got a couple others lined up. Like I uh, said, there's another one about Egypt that I might use sometime. So. But yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. So yeah, every continent has a city called Rome, right? Yeah, that's that's what it's saying under my crazy weird facts. So pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I guess I mean that would have to include Antarctica. I don't know. I'm not sure. I didn't dig that deep into it. So yeah. Well, hey, we're out here educating everybody. So yeah, we we try and we try to dig it up and make sure that is kind of true. But then again, at the same time, I'm not gonna you know spend my weekend uh, researching and backing up one fact. But <laughs> yeah, what do professors have on us, man? We're educating. Yeah, real education on this show. Yep, and a little bit of football we talk about. That's about it. Yeah. Eh. Eh. We talk about football. All right. Well, football is something that we have to talk about. And so I think probably what we'll do is we'll talk about the game and then we'll talk about the reaction after the game. You got voicemails, right? I know you do. Uh, No. Well, yes, we have one. Okay. So... We'll Man, you know what? I know a lot of people wanted the call. You know that? There were a lot of people. We I had a lot of people wanted the call. You know what they you know what they said to me? Why they didn't? Why? <laughs> and you're laughing too, and you should be. Is they said they're not sure they can control their themselves or their language. <laughs> and I just said, Well, I don't blame you. <laughs> but you know, we like to have people, you know, listening in cars, maybe possibly with the family or whatever. But I guess this is somewhat of a we like PG thirteen show. Is that what we are? But 
I don't uh, know. Yeah, some kind of like that. So, somewhat. But yeah, we, it flies, I get it. But man, I and I said, especially this one, I'm guessing the voicemails were going to get pretty ugly. So that's yeah. what I'm guessing. Yeah, we appreciate the enthusiasm, but we're also not a counseling service, so we can't. <laughs> right. Can't take all of them and everything like that. So actually, I forgot that there was a voicemail. So, um, okay. I mean, I, I was checking over things when I was getting set up and everything, but I forgot that there was a call that came in on uh, Saturday. So let's go ahead, listen to the voicemail, then we'll talk about the game. Then I want to talk about the reaction after the game, like essentially, well, yeah, we'll talk about it that way. So uh, let's go ahead and play the voicemail. Uh, Stephen Brown here at Mr. Derail 1980. Good season. Didn't start like we wanted. Didn't end like we wanted it to. But good all-around season. Props to Ohio State for making adjustments and using speed. Hopefully Michigan can get some speed in recruiting. Um, hopefully they can make some staff changes, although I doubt that. Um, you know, it's a lot I could say. I'm, I'm not going to let my emotions get the best of me. Hey, they lost. You know, eventually it has to change, but right now, until they until they let someone call the offense other than Coach Harbaugh, like McElwain, and maybe go get Kingsbury, who was let go from um, Texas Tech, then, you know, you have to expect, you know, more of the same. Against inferior teams, it looks different, but against pretty good teams, you can't do that. So they got to get more speed, which is good because a lot of Hopes guys are coming. I think they have one or two left. I think Furbush is the last one, or Glasgow, whomever. And then um, that's it. But, you know, we anticipate a lot of these um, um, Hope, I'm sorry, Harbaugh recruits coming in and doing well. Next year's offense should be explosive no matter who the quarterback is. Losing Michelle Beatty, but that's not really a loss. Um, ten and two is not what I expected, but it's good. It's better than eight and five. Hopefully next year they go for the big one, but they got they got to do something different as far as personnel, play calling, and staff. So this is gonna be pretty short. Props to Ohio State. A lot of humble pie being eaten by Michigan fans, but things have to change. And I hope Coach Harbaugh sees that. I hope pride doesn't continue to get in the way of progress, because that's not how Michigan's gonna succeed. Go Blue. All right, Stephen, I appreciate that voicemail. Good to have you calling in on a regular basis. Yeah, definitely, well, even as Craig was already alluding to, definitely wasn't going to be easy for anybody to call in. Um, but uh, good stuff there from Stephen. So, Craig, did you have anything you want to say about the voicemail? No, just, uh, yeah, a lot of humble pie being eaten by Michigan in this game. So he's absolutely right. You know, it's uh, humbling and, uh, yeah, you gotta give, you gotta tip your hat to, uh, Ohio State, you know, they're, you know, they had a rough, kind of not the best year for them, but, uh, in this game, they certainly had the best game, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, and so we'll talk about the game, and then we'll talk about kind of the reaction to it. Um, a little uh, kind of essentially what Steven was implying, you know, changing things on offense, uh, future players, different things on that. You know, what do we look at from here? People's thoughts and things like that. But let's try to focus on the game. Don't really need to go through. I mean, we'll share some numbers and everything, but not going to rattle off a ton here. Um, but uh, final score, 62 to 39. 
Um, Ohio State kept Michigan scoreless in the third quarter, which may have been the first time that happened to Michigan in the third quarter of the season. I wanted to look that up, but he didn't get a chance. Um, yeah, so I think this is what I'm going to start off with is that it's very – anybody nobody could say that they expected saturday to go that was michigan or ohio state like analysts were saying the same things nobody expected anything of the sort Mm -hmm. um this is the thing that shocked me i think maybe the most well there are a lot of different things uh and i have one one thing that i'm going to get to that i would call the difference maker right but uh, the thing that shocked me was basically everything that we talked about in the last episode that we thought Michigan was going to do well, Ohio yeah. State did well. <laughs> and then everything we talked about Ohio State struggling with, Michigan struggled with. Struggled with. Yeah, like, it's, like, it, yeah they, it, it's like a doppelganger type thing, man. It's like who took over whose body in this game. But it yeah. was a team. It's like, wait a minute, Michigan's. Yeah, it was crazy, man. It's weird. I thought about that, too. Yeah, it completely flipped on its head. Complete opposites. I mean, both teams playing completely out of their normal. Because Ohio State was out of outside of that debacle at the end of the first half, was playing practically mistake-free. And then Michigan couldn't get anything going and let up huge plays. That they had not done all year. Now, of course, everybody knew that Michigan – okay, I shouldn't say all year. They did it like maybe one time a game. But then it was kind of like all that Ohio State was doing was, you know, almost every drive consisted of at least one kind of big play. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 62 points, that's the most points, what, that Buckeyes have ever scored on Michigan? Is that correct? Uh, Yeah, that's what they were saying, so – so yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I agree with you. I've just yeah, polar opposites. It seemed like you were talking about the first quarter from the second quarter to the third quarter to the fourth quarter. It looks like they both were just exchanging. It's like they were both just different teams. You know, I couldn't get a handle on what was going on in the first quarter. It was Ohio State was mistake free in this game. Um, it was crazy to watch it that. Um even though I didn't think Michigan was up, would always be in it, I always thought, man, they were just moving the ball. Ohio State was just moving the ball with ease. And I talked about earlier on the show is about saying that Ohio State or Michigan, I'm sorry, but Michigan has this tendency to give up big plays. And when they happen, and then it it it, it becomes a, a struggle for Michigan to stop that at times. But then Michigan defense always hunkers down, and then they destroy teams. But then you get somebody like Ohio State who scores not in minutes. They score in seconds, man. And in that game, it seemed like three or four plays they were in the end zone scoring a TD. That was just tough to watch. It was really tough to watch off this kind of, off our defense. I mean, our defense, and I'm just talking about the first quarter, could not adjust in that couldn't stop them at all. Yeah. yeah, no, it was 
And we've been talking about it throughout the year about Michigan game planning for their opponent. And not saying that they didn't, but the way that Ohio State came out and they die they dissected everything that Michigan was doing. Yep. yep. And they dominated it. Yeah. They Let just have, Yeah. Let me ask you this one question, Caleb, and we'll just bring it to it. Is Did you see anything special or anything new that Jim Harbaugh was talking about that he brought up uh, that they're going to throw at Ohio State? Did you see any of that in this game? No, not really. And also, you know, concerning what was that? I think it was like the third game of the year or something that they were saying, oh, have we done everything that we have about uh, – about uh, the offensive playbook or whatever. Right. And they said, oh, no, we haven't even, like, touched half of it or a third of it or some crazy number. And it's just like, well, right. apparently you guys left a lot in the book because – You didn't use it in this game. Yeah, we didn't see it. Didn't see it. Yeah. There, there's just so much in this game. I can't even – my brain is literally trying to wrap, like, where do I go with it? And I'm trying to say – I'll say this. There's a one facet in this game that I noticed, and I kind of tweeted, and I said it. I even said it out loud to myself when no one was in the house. But <laughs> is the second down play calls during this game on their offense was just ridiculous and atrocious. I just couldn't get, get my head around it because it – we seem to run that first down. We'd run Higdon or something like that, which is normally what we do on first down. We run Higdon. He runs for like four yards, right? He averaged about four yards in this game, in the whole game. And then second down comes around, and then we do the same thing. We just do like a, a gap dive or something like that again, and we're it re- results in zero yards. And so here we are at third and six. How many third and six do you think in this game Michigan was at in this entire game? It was like constantly in this entire game we could we were at third and long third and long third and long and we couldn't get 10 yards and if we did get to the line of scrimmage it was like the routes were too short or uh Shea Patterson was like throwing the ball a little bit too early and wasn't leading his receivers to get the first down it was just so frustrating that it was like grinding teeth or you know Grinding, grinding, grinding just to get a first down on Ohio State because Ohio State, they couldn't even stop Harrison, man. That dude was flying through the middle and, and just sacking Shea. They had no, no answer for him. The offensive line did not, didn't play very good, didn't play good at all. And so that's what I saw. I saw the second downs were just bad, and I, it was frustrating to watch this whole whole time. I just knew that we, we were going to keep getting in this third and long. We're not going to be able to get out of it. So. Yeah, no, exactly. And um, just like you said, the offensive line did not look like they were playing the way that they had all year. I mean, that's the thing, and everybody usually brings it up. It's just kind of like for Ohio State and Michigan State, whenever they play Michigan, it's always them playing at the top of their game. And then Michigan, for whatever reason, however, like I said, whatever, they're not. Something's missing. And yeah. one of those areas was the offensive line. You saw – now, obviously, they were playing a different level of competition since they played Notre Dame. I mean, put yeah. Wisconsin and Penn State in there for having good lines and things like that. Um, but Ohio State is Ohio State. 
Uh, but still, I mean, they were just getting pushed around and she had no time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll now, since this is kind of a related topic, I'll give you the, the difference maker. So this is why I think the difference maker was okay. not saying that if this was different, that Michigan would have won the game. Right. But I do think that if this was different, it would have at least been quote unquote, a competitive game. Um, but there are, I was going to have six numbers, but for the life of me, I am, <laughs> I don't even really know what to say about this, but uh, ESPN between yesterday and today changed their stats. And now I cannot find this stat on their site. And I was spending the last half an hour combing the internet and I cannot find this. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'm really annoyed because I would have had more information for it. But I have four numbers. And the numbers are 0, 4, and 4, 8. Okay. So Michigan had zero sacks and four tackles for loss, and Ohio State had four sacks and eight tackles for loss. Now, the other number that I had that I didn't write down when I first saw it, which apparently I should have, was QB hurries. You know, when the defense is rushing the quarterback. And Michigan had zero, I can tell you that. And Ohio State had some. I don't know how many it was. It was, I think, maybe max four. But they had some. So that's – I'm calling it right there that that's the difference maker. Haskins was sitting back there and probably on average having close to four seconds, not even having to move. Like this isn't, oh, he's back there and he has four seconds to throw. No, he has like four seconds without having to move where he is standing. Yeah, right. And he has all day. That That's the difference maker. Like everybody wants to talk about the offense and different things like that. It's just like, no, the defense got burned because Michigan never had to deal with another situation like this where they couldn't pressure the quarterback. The quarterback had all day. Dude, he he was having a picnic back there. Like, it, it was simple. He just stood back there, and he just wait, and his quick receivers would do a route that Michigan couldn't cover and just give him, you know, those extra two seconds because Michigan would usually probably cut that time in half. But if he has two extra seconds, his uh, receivers will have one or two extra steps on them and then, boom, you got it right there. And you can't stop that then. So if you can't pressure the quarterback, that changes the whole thing. Zero sacks, four tackles for loss, no quarterback hurries. Haskins had all day. Michigan had no answer. I don't care if you if you tried moving people around. People were talking about putting Ambry Thomas in. Yeah, sure, probably a good idea. But yeah, well, it was the whole defense. The defensive line was not getting to the quarterback and so he had no he had no issue. I mean the worst thing would have happened for him was oh I have to throw the ball away cuz I ran out of time or maybe I'll rush forward and gain a couple yards. He never were he never got sacked and nope. he he never lost. He, he had really, plenty he, of time. He had yeah, no so pressure. so if that is where I'm saying the difference maker was cuz if we could have at least pressured him and right. made him uncomfortable, I say uh, you know, we uh, Michigan lost by 23 points. 
You could probably argue that maybe you could chop off 10 points if you could actually pressure the quarterback. And you know what that is? That's more of a competitive game. Would I say Michigan would have won? No, but something could have happened. Maybe Michigan could have gotten a turnover. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. But if you can't do that, they did nothing. I mean, this this number one, or I can't remember if they were saying from the week before that, changed to number two, whatever, top defense in the country couldn't even get to the quarterback couldn't even phase them and this is going against and this is a thing where Ohio State and Michigan State type teams play out of their minds and then Michigan is just kind of left putting their hands in the air like oh we, we don't know what to do we can't do anything and we're coming into this game the Michigan defense had 31 sacks for 11 uh, 11 games 31 sacks for 11 games yeah, and Haskins actually was also even getting rid of that ball kind of quickly. So he had no pressure. If you look at all the games at Haskins, I, you know, I said something, and I, you know, maybe I got a little slammed by saying, you know, maybe I'll change a little bit. Say, yeah, Haskins a good quarterback. He is. I don't think he's great, only because of the very fact he's he's young, and I get it. Um, when he's not pressured, like in this game, he's great. He's a, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, but. If you look at some of the games in the past, Michigan State, um, uh, Purdue, games like those, go look at those games. He was horrid. In fact, his own fan base was saying, get rid of Haskins, put Tate Martell in, because Haskins is hor- does, doesn't play well when he's pressured. He isn't a very accurate thrower when he's pressured. In this game, he wasn't pressured at all. In fact, when he was, to least, what, are, what were they doing? They started saying, you know what? What we're going to do? We're going to do crossing routes. We're going to we're going to cause. I never want to hear those two words together, crossing routes. But that's what I saw all the time, and they were picking on Watson the whole game. Man, that dude is. They matched up one of uh, the fastest guy on Watson, and what's Watson? He's one of the slowest guys on the team, and they picked on him time and time again, and he could not adjust. He could not. Um, cover his guy at all because he didn't have the speed to do it and that's probably why you saw Ambry go in there but um yeah Haskins had all day man in fact this is what bothers me is Haskins has all these records I heard all these you know Big Ten records yeah the Big Ten you know for Ohio State he's got all these passing records and da 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 he's broke record 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 but then again I'm like why is why is he doing so well well if you think about it from the very beginning of the season Ohio State, what did they struggle with? Running the ball. So what do they do? They throw constantly. They're a throwing team this whole year. This whole season, they threw, 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 threw. Well, no wonder why he's going to like break all these records. But we didn't put any pressure on him. So he, what, how many touchdowns did he put up? Like not six? He threw six touchdown passes against us. And you know what? When you don't have any pressure on uh, their offensive line, nothing happened, and he sat all day, and he's that tall, and he can look over, receiver, uh, the defensive line. It's pretty easy for that guy to pick us off, and he did. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. But another reason why he's breaking so many records is because they they never had a good enough lead, so he had to be in the game the whole time. Yeah, you, he has to throw, right. Yeah. yeah, and he has to be in there. And so they're competing to win games in the fourth quarter. And in the past, you know, they put in their backup in the third quarter and things like and that. Has, so doesn't run the ball. He's not a runner. He ran it in this game. I think even our Urban Meyer said, guess what, Haskins? You're going to have to run that ball through the middle. When you see an opening, run that ball and get the first down. And he did. 
but he's not a running quarterback. He's more of a pocket, either rollout, throwing uh, on the run kind of passer. But he's actually a better pocket passer than Shea is. And so my thing is, is uh, so what? I, I don't, I don't know if I'd say he's better than Shea. If you put Shea in there with the same amount of time, Shea's going to do just fine. But yeah, Shea I'm, doesn't I'm have that amount of time. Well, I think Haskins a better down the field. Uh, like we were talking, Shea is oh deep ball. Short. Are you saying deep or ball, right? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, and yeah I, that and that's I, possible. That, right, and we talked about how Shea at times he short arms his throws. And look, I'm not going to say there's a couple passes he just you know <laughs> it's either he he's afraid to have him picked off because he doesn't want to overthrow him, or he he throws him to the ground. So the guy, you know, your receiver got to go on to the ground to catch it, and they're usually tough balls to catch. You know, I'm not saying that about Gentry, but Gentry was one of the probably key guys in this game that literally cost drives. You know, he was drop balls all day. And so that was just – I can't even get on to that guy, but it, he had a horrible game, man. And But when I see Haskins using that and our defense didn't show up, our secondary was lost. They didn't even know what to do. Yeah, well um... – Obviously, there were lots of issues, but obviously it wasn't one person's fault. I know a lot of people pointing out Watson and everything, but um, it, it was also, like even mentioned, too, about the aggressiveness of the defense. I mean, there were times where uh, Devin Bush, I specifically remember, but there were multiple people on defense who were being overly aggressive and they got burned because there were uh, either crossing routes or short passes for big yard. that the defense would be overly aggressive with instead of trying to cut off the route they would try to go immediately to the ball carrier the or the receiver and instead of cutting them off and either forcing them out of bounds or tackling them on their path they go directly at them and essentially then turn into chasing them down and maybe catching up to them or somebody else having to catch up to them or just a huge play. Yeah, and so, you're not going to catch some of those receivers. They had way too – didn't it just look like Ohio State had faster players, speed all around that team? I mean, they just looked like they had faster players than we did. Yeah, well, I mean, of course you saw things hap, uh, go against Watson a lot and he was getting burned. Right. But another thing too is – um, you were talking about how accurate Haskins was, but there were several plays, especially in the first half. I can't remember. Maybe it went into the second half where Michigan was lucky, lucky. <laughs> that Haskins was wasn't better yeah. because yeah. he missed they, a couple open guys like right in their hands or yeah. And, yeah, like he missed them. And I was like wide open. Oh, thank God he wasn't too accurate. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Which, I don't even know which throws you're talking about. Yeah. Now, I, I want to mention a couple of things here. Um, I know that Shea struggled, um, but honestly, you know, he was he was a baller. He was tough about it and everything, and he was trying. Yeah. Uh, the offensive line was not helping him out. I mean, go back to just basically Notre Dame game on repeat, doing what he could with the time they had, and right. it, it wasn't good. And But it's not all on him, but another thing, I do want to mention and point out, and I don't think uh, anyone really overlooked this, but there were some guys who just stepped up. Uh, Nico Collins, oh, my oh, gosh. Wow. Like, 
completely awesome. And uh, I know I know that you can say whatever about Black and Donovan Peoples. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones did a fantastic job too, but Nico Collins was uh, amazing. And I mean, it's just so unfortunate that the game turned out the way that it did because it would have been amazing to have, you know, a win highlighted with the performance that Nico Collins had because he did great. Um, and I know that we had those three receivers, Black, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Nico Collins, and at different times they stepped up, and this was a game for Nico Collins. The su- another surprising thing for me, though, with uh, players stepping up was Evans. Oh, yeah, very much so. He did. Yep. With and- uh, his receiving and his rushing, I mean, he was the difference maker in some of the situations, and it was impressive. So. Yeah, even Bell stepped up. You know, he had a few, but, you know, there were ones that were key on first downs, you know. He actually was dead to rights in the backfield, and he's able to get, you know, tough out some yards, and he got the first down. But, yeah, you're right. But, um, you know, you're talking about Nico and um, Peoples Jones, and you even saw a catch by Tariq Black. Were you shocked by them not using Tariq Black as much to spread the field more? and things like that. Did you, this is what I'm saying is it seems to me, I, to me and my gut, I feel like we have one of the best receiving cores in the country, but they're so underutilized. It, it, it almost feels like Nico's in and then people's Jones is out. You know, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like all three of those guys are on the field at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems like with that kind of, firepower and then you got belt you got you would think you're going to get some separation in the backfield and i'm wondering if something's happening with this team that they're just you got these great receivers and you're just not being utilized or shay's not looking down the field they're not getting separation i don't know what it is i can't see from the tv but uh what are your thoughts i mean did you in this game in this game he didn't have there wasn't time Right. And I mean, you, about- you want to get that separation. You want to be able to uh, your receivers go out there. And there were a couple times that they did and a couple times that Michigan got some really good plays out of it. But most of the time he couldn't. I mean, Shea would barely catch the ball in shotgun and he'd already have yeah, to be yeah. adjusting in the pocket. Yeah. And we talked about Harrison just blowing through there, man. I mean, yeah. he was beast. So then, uh, were you shocked that they didn't use uh, Treak Blackmore or – it probably didn't matter because he was getting pressured too much. Shea was. Yeah, I, I don't think it really would have mattered. There was right. Michigan's offensive line did so well after the Notre Dame game up until the Indiana game, and then this game was a very poor performance that didn't allow Michigan to do some of the things that they could have capitalized on. Right. Right. That they could have you know, taking it to Ohio state. So. Yeah, it's, it was an overall, I think if you think about it, I think Michigan had, I believe 18 in the past 11 games, 18, I believe that most, all those big plays through the, through the air. And that's where they've gotten burned through 11 games. And that's where you saw in this game. Oh, yeah. Well, you definitely saw it in the Notre Dame game, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I think we were talking about big plays going for big yards or TDs against Michigan. And that is, man, actually, it's 19. <clears throat> so, Michigan, what they've done is Michigan has given up 19 combined in its 11 games. 
on passing over 20 yards. What's that tell you? That's just and and Ohio State was one of them. Just yeah. big plays, big yardage, big chunks of yards, and Mich- Michigan couldn't overcome. And I was even saying before, as I believe in the beginning of the season, as the year was going on, as I said, I had a little bit of concern with the offense saying, "Look, our defense was kicking it and doing well and just destroying teams and doing their job." What I was worried about is. Coming into a game like this, a buzzsaw, a team that has an offensive juggernaut like Ohio State, will you be able to match to match the offense or scoring? Will our offense show up to be able to do that? And Michigan's not at Michigan's not at a point right now to do that. They're just not. They're not a scoring team. I mean, they don't score a lot. They struggled before. They struggled in, against Indiana, and this is what I was worried about. Is Ohio State scoring big bunches of uh, points, and the Michigan not be able to recover. So, yeah, but that, but that's the thing is like this game sticks out as a weird one because of so many different reasons. But also, I mean, it makes me think of you know, not saying that they didn't perform well and everything, but obviously Gary has had his own physical issues, but especially Chase after last week's game where some of them not at a hundred percent and just not able then to compete against Ohio state's offensive line. Cause to go in there and not have any pressure. I mean, like I said, that is what I'm saying is the difference maker, not saying that Michigan would have won, but if you're not going to pressure the quarterback, then they may, they should have maybe just even switched it up and put two guys out there on the line and then dropped everybody back because they were still getting burned anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I mean, at that, at least that way, yeah, sure. Maybe you'll uh, have a guy run and you'll give up, you know, three, four yards or something like that, and they'll be doing that. But maybe you can do more covering in the defense. But it's just like they weren't doing anything. So you, you're not pressuring the quarterback. You're not sacking the quarterback. You're not rushing the quarterback. What? Uh, it wasn't doing anything. And I'm not coming out here and saying they're the reason why uh, they lost the game. But that – was so unlike this team for the whole year and everybody knows if the quarterback can just sit back there he can go all day and also like I said that's that that in turn was a domino effect because then they couldn't do anything against the quarterback quarterback had all time that gave a time for the receivers to um get a couple steps on Michigan's defense and then eventually they connect. They wouldn't connect all the time, but eventually they did. And it was big play, big play, touchdown, touchdown, turns into a 23-point game. Right. And then you compound that with like, hey, you know, you've got uh, – uh, you're moving the ball, and then all of a sudden you've got a third down, and you throw to Gentry, and he drops a couple passes, you know, and things like that. Not entirely just him, but, man, he he dropped some key passes, man. And those are drive killers, and it becomes you have to punt again. And then, of course, you know, you it, that particular series was just overall bad, bad, bad all the way around. Because if you think about it, I think it was like Gentry dropped this wide open pass to him, went right through his hands. I mean, he literally closed his hands before he even caught the ball. And then it led to uh, a punting, and I believe that's where the punt was kicked, or the block. Uh, Alave is the one that got the ball and he scored the touchdown on that, and and the special teams, we even said special teams has had a tendency to let uh, 
have a hard time blocking players. And he, he just wound around and came through the middle and he blocked a great punt and they got the ball. And that was just a momentum swing. Seems like anytime Michigan had a momentum swing, especially in the first going into the second half where we said, Hey, you know what? Michigan's only down what? Four points, three eight, points, so, eight points. Wait, eight. Was, no wait. I thought it was like four points because they kicked the field goal or something like that. I don't know. Might want to check. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Sorry. I thought okay. it was eight points. Okay, well, and you know what? And you, I thought, wow, momentum shift, you know, kickoff return. One of the Ohio State players dropped the ball. We able to get the ball. We able to get a touchdown. This is awesome. So much momentum hanging it, swing. But guess what? Ohio State moved the ball down. They kicked the field goal, right? Yep. <laughs> and so they couldn't stop them then. And I said, man, this is not good. And you go into the halftime. I said, halftime adjustments. Here we go. And the third quarter started, and I th- said, okay, you know what? We're starting to play man-to-man or zone. We started going to zone, which is great. We started doing zone man at the time. It was working. And then it just kind of all fell apart again. It's like big plays after big plays. And then after that, it seemed like third quarter in the beginning was the best time. The beginning was the best thing I saw Michigan's, Michigan's defense do in this game. And it looked like Urban Meyer just adjusted for it, and it burned us again. I mean, it just seemed like Urban Meyer and their coaching staff had answers for everything we were throwing at them. They adjusted so well in this game to us. Oh, yeah, and that that was the thing, too, is that we – or we – the Michigan coaching staff adjusted out of what was Michigan football to try to find something that they could compete with Ohio State. Like, it wasn't – hey, okay, this is something we do and we can do better at that we're going to take to Ohio State now. No, it's, okay, what we normally do is not working, so now we have to play what is, quote-unquote, not Michigan football. It's not Michigan football, and you're right. And you can't do that in that game. You cannot do that in that game. I I can't imagine any time that that would work where you're essentially saying, hey, guess what, we're now, everything that we've done throughout the whole entire year, yeah, we're not going to be doing that now. How how is that going to work? How is that going to make your guys comfortable all right exactly i mean yeah. that that falls on to me saying do you, i guess the next big question to ask is do you think michigan and jim harbaugh and the way he approach uh, he approaches offense is i don't want to say archaic but do you see it as i see it as just predictable you know what i mean i know you know what i mean like, See, this this is a thing that kind of confuses me a bit because I don't want to say 80s, but I'm saying, is it predictable? Yeah, because I knew everything they were going to do. I okay. call it run, run, pass because you're third and long run, run, pass. You're going to third long. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. See, this is this is where I am totally confused by people with this right. because and um, people are just saying, uh, oh, again, uh, Michigan chokes or Harbaugh completely flops in the Ohio State game. Okay, yes, it is a zero and four record, right. but l- what happened in 2016? You know, overtime. You know, mm-hmm. pr- good chances of you know Michigan probably should have won that game and things like that. So you're saying that that was a flop? No, I mean right. Mich- right. Michigan had you know, let's face it, Wilton Spate wasn't exactly lighting anything up. The mm-hmm. offensive line wasn't, uh, you know, dominating and things like that. So there were struggles in 2016. And then 2017, which was a dumpster fire, and we had John O'Corn leading the team, 
and wound up losing by 11 points, you know, it wasn't, I mean, that was Mm -hmm. outside of how that game ended in the fourth quarter and everything that was masterfully planned. 2016 was well planned putting up, I'm going to take off seven points in this score for Michigan here because of essentially garbage time and everything. So 32 points, Michigan put up 32 points on Ohio state. The offense put up 32, two points. Right. I mean, you're going to get some and just say, you know, that was garbage time. A couple of those scores. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's why I took off seven points. So Michigan essentially put up 32 points. So you're telling me that the problem is offense. Right. I mean, now granted, uh, the defense usually outperforms the offense, but now, yes, do I agree that there should be adjustments made and changes and everything? Yeah. Sure. But everybody's just kind of, you know, oh, Harbaugh's offense, so terrible. Oh, it's always Harbaugh. Harbaugh always flops on offense. Offense this, offense that. And I'm just like, you realize that it's not really the offense that really the, lost this game. I mean, what, what is defense. Michigan wasn't going to turn into a big 12 right. team where all of a sudden they're scoring 50 plus points in a game and they have no defense. Right. Do you, I mean, do you see the issue being the very fact of the beginning of the year? I, I think I even mentioned it and you and I really didn't have an answer for it, is the very fact is Jim Harbaugh not, not naming an OC in this game, you know, in the, in the whole year. I don't know. I don't know if I would call it that that would be the issue. Like if we're talking about because essentially there were only two games this year that were losses. And so is somebody going to come out and say the reason Michigan lost both those games is because there was no offensive coordinator named? No. I mean, the first game was a debacle, both offensively and defensively. And the same thing for this game. It wasn't completely offensive. Now, again, I will reiterate. I do think changes need to be made offensively and that it yeah. that Harbaugh does probably just need to step back like he has with the defense and let somebody take over. Sure, he can still do part or whatever he wants, but somebody needs to take over because it, it is different. But he has, he has still been successful. And like I said, Ohio State 2016 and 17 were planned excellently. And 16 could have easily been one. And 17 was an amazing job with a terrible team. But then this year, I don't know if it was a big deal because Michigan was coming in uh, ranked above Ohio State. They felt disrespected, whatever. I don't know what you want to categorize it as. Ohio State just had everything prepared for better than Michigan did. Offensively, defensively, special teams, game scheming, second half time adjustments, athleticism. There is not a single thing that you can point to that Michigan did better than Ohio State, which was kind of uncharacteristic for this matchup. Usually there was something, yes, the first time when Michigan played uh, Ohio State under Jim Harbaugh, it did not turn out very well. It was 40-something to, I don't know, 13. So it was a big blowout. People blame DJ Durkin and that whole situation and everything. But it's it's more than offensively. Like, that's the thing that just shocks me is that everybody's just like, offensive coordinator, Harbaugh and us archaic offense. Yes, you can say that that's a part of it, but that's the thing that everybody's going to. And I'm just like, dude, my deciding factor was like I was saying was the defense and getting pressure on the quarterback. Like it doesn't matter what your offense can do really. I thought the defense lost this game. I did. I did from the very beginning. I thought defense is really dropping the ball. And and if you think about it, look at the couple, look at the drives in the first quarter by Ohio state. They were almost identical 
and similar, like you brought, brought up with Notre Dame. Big plays, big throws by um, the Notre Dame quarterback at the time. And you know what? And was it Winbush? He's like throwing balls down the field to the end zone. And, you know, to me, it felt like our secondary shows up at times and then doesn't show up. I thought, thought our secondary just played awful in this game. They played, I thought they played awful in the Notre Dame game, and it showed Ohio State exploited that. And that's where I saw the big problem in this game and no pressure on, obviously, Haskins on him at all. So that's a combination. There's so many combinations in this game where you can go blame here, blame here, blame here, blame here. And I get that is, do I think Jim Harbaugh's offense is that term archaic? No, I just think there's times where I think some of our best players at times don't seem to be utilized very well. And to me, when you've got a receiving core like Michigan, I at times, to me, feel like Shea needs to maybe sit in the pocket more and throw the ball downfield more, get, you know, spread the off a defense a little bit more, get the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker or get the receivers to get better separation because something's going on. You can't have a receiving core like that and have Shea struggle so mightily not looking down the field. And then to me, it, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying to me at times. I sit there and go, there's times where you just run, run, run and, and then pass to get the, third down you know get the first down sometimes doesn't work it seemed to me urban meyer was ready for that now i guess my question to you would be this what looks like jim harbaugh was out coached by urban meyer again correct yes no i will agree with that and i will also back up your statement on what you just said because you said because the way you explained it is a lot better than you know what was said previously, but well, I, does I I, Jim Harbaugh well, use okay. the players yeah. to their fullest ability? Right. I would, I would agree with, no, he doesn't always use it to the best ability that, that I, I understand what, what you're getting at with I'm that. Sure. And I and do brought agree. Up the word archaic. That's just what I'm hearing is people saying we're back in the 1980s, you know, the way, you know, that, that word was thrown out quite a bit on social media. And I was like, I'm not sure I agree with that at times because uh, in a way, Michigan's similar to Georgia, you know. But then again, Fromm threw a bunch of touchdowns in that game because I think the defense uh, for their, the team that they were playing were ready for the run because Georgia runs. They have two running backs that are excellent. So, And Fromm was able to throw the ball. And that's what I was wondering is maybe I was worried that there's going to be a game where Shade might have to throw the ball more than he does. I And – one one part of the game I thought was really interesting they didn't use is is Shea running the ball more read option. Did you see much of that from him at all? Uh, not it, not too not, much. Not as much as he used to. And but that's were, another thing too, where I think they were also trying to protect him because look, he right. got knocked out of the game. Right, right. Uh, no, exactly. So and maybe they're trying to protect him. Right. I don't know. I don't know. If it's an NFL thing. That's up to the coaches. But uh, um, to me, yeah, it just looked like. Ohio State was better, better prepared. They're ready for Michigan. They had everything working, like you said, pass, defense, offense, all together. Um, and Jim Harbaugh had no answer for it. And yeah, he was out coached. So yeah, and um, so I'll agree with that. That there will, uh, it does appear at times that they don't use things to their best ability, like they could have done more with the the receivers, like you were saying, and things of that nature. But um, 
I do want to kind of point out something else in general about the game, team, program, whatever you want to say, before we get into too much about Jim Harbaugh, Urban Meyer, coaches, reactions, things like that, because um, that's the direction we're going to. One other thing that I wanted to mention, and this has been – it's not – huge i guess i would say but this has been a constant since uh harbaugh has come to michigan but the team it's even take away the ohio state games Mm. because that's been a constant losing effort the team always peters in november they they have issues they lose uh they lost to iowa in november they have they struggle with indiana in november they lost to wisconsin in november uh, and then they'll have struggles after that. They lost to Florida State at the end of the season. They lost to South Carolina at the end of the season. At the end of the season, it is just a disaster for Michigan. It is. Right. I mean, e- even if you take Ohio State out of it, most of the time when Michigan struggles, it is the end of the season. Yeah, sure. First year he came in, he lost his first game. He lost a game in October. Struggle uh, against Indiana. Yeah, but it's it's the constant thing where in November it's either losses or struggles. Struggles. Yep. I don't so I don't yep. know if it's a mentality thing with the Ohio State game. I don't know if it's something about what they're doing about getting the players prepared because even last week players were getting injured, players were getting yep. cramps, and it was not that dominating of a performance. Right. So struggled, what, right? So what is going on? Basically, it's. It's something that you see and it kind of makes you raise an eyebrow where it's just like, why can this team not do anything when it comes to November? Yeah, right. No, that's a good point. We talked about that. How many times have we talked about how Michigan during the schedule, the meet, they did good in the meat of the schedule and then they just seemed to lay eggs in the last two to three games and they struggled. Like you said, Indiana, Ohio State, they struggled mightily, I thought. I thought they should have easily blown away Indiana and they did not. Indiana, it seems to me the defense was either tired or something was going on there. But Wisconsin, Iowa, yeah, it's just you know it's not it's not working out. It's not good. Right. Yeah. So uh, now, oh, go ahead. I'm just you know, and I'm curious about. Um, yeah, it seems just Urban Meyer is a, a fantastic coach. He's elite, and he's he knows. It, it, I guess. I, let me throw out this question to you and see what you think is, do you just think that, yeah, there might be some preparedness that Jim Harbaugh wasn't ready for or Don Brown um, for this game? And they were possibly, and obviously I think they were out coached too, but do you think the whole getting elite players matters too in this? Cause it seemed to me at times that I can understand that. And then times where I don't understand that, because if you look at Michigan State, they always give Ohio State a hard time. Look at Purdue, they get you know beat them, and they don't. They have three stars on that team. Maryland gave them a tough time, and Maryland's got three stars. So, you know, what do you think about that? If Michigan gets five star guys, will they be be able to compete with uh, Ohio State? Is that the issue? I don't know. I'm no, just I mean everything will contribute, but it's not the issue. Um, because like I'll bring up again, 2016, 2017, Michigan was yeah. right there with 2016 where yes, they had a really good team, but honestly, you know, put up 2016 team against 2018 yeah, with okay you know, quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Shay's got, Shay's going to outperform. 
I did a little tweet comparison about this. Shea, I, Shea would outperform um, Wilton Spate. Uh, multiple tight ends would be better than just having Jake Butt. Jake Butt was fantastic, but if you have multiple tight ends, like you, you anticipate with Gentry and Eubanks, you know, multiple options. And then Tariq Black, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins compared to Chesson and yeah. uh, Darbo. Darbo. I mean, yeah, they were great, but there's three options there instead of two. And yep. then Higdon compared to Smith, I would take Higdon over Smith. <laughs> Very much so. So, I mean, everything yeah. is pointing to that the 2018 team would be better than 2016, unless maybe you want to point to um, the defense perhaps being better. I mean, maybe you could argue that aspect. But still, Michigan has competed in this game. It's not like it's a, an impossible thing to happen, but it appears going that way. Harbaugh showed that he could scheme and plan better in 2016 and 17, like taking that crappy team in 2017 and getting them to where they were. And then basically essentially it was the team's lack of performance that affected them from potentially being right there for that game at the end. Um, And then 2016, not just going to blame this, but obviously officiating was a, a big part of it. Of course, yeah. And then, so I don't know if it was all that stuff leading up to it where Urban Meyer got his head off his butt and he's just like, hey, you know, they've got a really good team this year. And if I'm just, if we're just going to head into it like we normally have, this is not going to work. So there, so you can say, like, there are differences with Michigan this year, yes, but you also have to acknowledge that there are differences with Ohio State. It's not like like Ohio State went in there like they normally do. So there, there were differences on both sides, and this time Ohio State completely blew it away. You can't say Ohio State completely blew it away in 2017 and 2016. Maybe you could say in 2015, but they got their act together and they blew it away. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking about that at the time, talking about, is it the recruits? Do we not get the five-star? Yeah, I mean, I'm talking, Ohio State does get, they're up there with Alabama. They're always top four, three in uh, recruiting every year, and they're getting like three to four or five-stars. I get it. It matters at times, sure. And, you know, winning, it gets those guys. I get it. Um, but like you said, I, I kind of agree with you where I'm just kind of saying, you know what, Michigan – when we didn't have the best quarterback a couple of years ago, we were competitive. And so, um, yeah, I'm not exactly buying that at times. What I, I think what I'm kind of basing this game around was Michigan wasn't prepared for it. We weren't. Um, he was outcoached. Um, but, and I think just plain and simple, Ohio State came into this game and I tweeted and I said this earlier before this game even started. I said, Ohio State, be be careful, Michigan, because Ohio State could have their best game of the year. And they did. And this oh, is yeah. exactly what they did. They had their best game. If you look at all the other games, even against TCU, TCU is like a dumpster fire now. They're not even very good when they're a top-ranked team, top 10. They're not any good anymore. They're not even ranked in the top 25, I don't even think. And guess what? TCU doesn't matter. Ohio State comes in. They kind of they rough. They're rough. They're not doing so well during the meat of their schedule. They still, like you said, they still have one loss right against Purdue. It's the one team they stunk it up. They always have one team they stink it up, and Purdue d- exploited that. 
But I said, you know what? Michigan better be careful because Ohio State can come out and play their best game. And man, did they ever. And you got to give Ohio State props and Urban Meyer and their staff because they did. And Michigan did not. So yeah. that, that was it. So. Yeah, and now, so there's a couple of things. Now I want to talk to kind of like after the fact, reactions, some things like this, not specifically with the game, but kind of overall. But so I'm going to say something, and it's not going to be very popular, but you just have to look at it. Right. Urban well, yeah, Meyer but, Urban but, Meyer, and Nick Saban are on their own level. I mean, yep. when you can coach like that, when you can have multiple championships like that, What do you expect? And both of them have won championships at two different schools. Now, you can put the asterisk beside it and whatever you want with, you know, the questionable um, things that have happened at in the SEC, because that includes Florida, LSU, and Alabama. Whatever. Fine. But they still are on another level. Is Coach Harbaugh a top coach? Yes. I totally will say that. But... Harbaugh or not Harbaugh, Urban Meyer and Saban are, I mean, look at it. I mean, the dude has yet to lose double digit games since he's been at Ohio state. Right. I don't think he's lost a total of 10 games yet. No. I mean, that is unbelievable. Now, some of it, of course, too, is that Ohio state's just always been doing well. Recruiting's always been good. They haven't ever lacked in recruiting. So it, it he never really had anything to struggle or deal with with all that. But still, I mean, that's that's outstanding coaching. And part of coaching is having the coordinators and everything around you and all that. So and, you and guys just have to understand that, yes, there is a good – because this has not happened very often. I mean, before this, who were some of those people that it was just constantly winning? Before Urban Meyer and Nick Saban, do you have other coaches that you would say it was just constantly winning all the time? Yeah, not too many. It no. doesn't happen very often. Right. No. And so, you're right. And talk about Urban Meyer going through all this adversity, whether you're, he's right or wrong, that's not the point, but going through all this heat that he heat that he's been taking all year and some of it could be rightfully so. And but uh to coach that way against Michigan is just sh- shows you how elite he is on a different level than all the other coaches. And yeah, you got to give it up to him. I mean, he, we've even talked about how urban Meyer, if you look at his career outperforms, even Nick Saban during the season, if you look at his schedule, you know, even, even Saban struggled in the beginning of his uh, career and then got his teams to be elite. Um, Urban Meyer has been good throughout the season since he's almost started and the only thing difference between Saban and Harbaugh is Saban's got the hardware, Urban doesn't. But uh, both elite, like you said, I don't think Urban Meyer has never had a two-loss team for a long, long time. I think he's maybe had one. I don't know, but man, it's been forever. Yeah, but that's the thing too. Is just kind of like here's the thing is that because then everybody's just kind of like, uh, well, okay, not everybody, but then you get, of course, the stupid uh, argument of fire Harbaugh. And it's just like, what yeah, What do you, what do you guys that? seriously expect? Who do you expect to get in, to come in, to have three 10-win seasons in their first four years yeah. that is going to be beating Urban Meyer, not Ohio State? Don't say we're beating Ohio State. It is beating Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer is Ohio State. Who is going to be Urban Meyer? Because I mean, it's been – Right. Do you realize we've had people out there, and let me ask you this, is – 
they're okay with losing every game but beating Ohio State. They're at that point. Oh yeah, so no. There, so there is no Big Ten championship. They rather they'd rather chuck that right, but beat Ohio State. They rather chuck. I mean, literally, literally you'd have, rather have a, a 500 average game uh, season, but beat Ohio State. That's okay with Michigan now, right? And now I'm going really because you won't even get to the Big Ten. There is no Big Ten if you start doing that. So they're literally saying 10 wins isn't good enough. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm not sure what to do because it is tough. Do I want to beat Ohio State badly? Of course I do. Is it the game? It is the game. But, man, you can't sit there and say, well, I'm I'm okay with having five losses as long as one of those wins are against Ohio State. That's absurd. You never yeah, even the, get to the Big Ten. Yeah, You'd but be then, happy for Michigan State. That's what they do. Yeah, but here's the thing that yeah, the, and that's that's ridiculous because you know people would be freaking out about that too. Put them in the situation, they'll speak differently. But the another right. thing though too is yeah, they want to say oh Harbaugh has own four and is the only Michigan coach to do it. Okay, there have been good Ohio State coaches, uh, Woody, uh, Hayes, Trestle, whatever you want to go through the other ones, but none of them have been Urban Meyer. Right. It is. I mean, can anybody say that there is a better coach at Ohio State than Urban Meyer? No. Yeah, so Jim Harbaugh is going up against the most difficult scenario with facing their best coach. Because like I said, he's not trying to beat Ohio State. He is trying to beat Urban Meyer, the best coach probably that Ohio State has ever had. And now, of course, it's not making it any easier because Michigan State has been doing well. Penn State has been doing well. Wisconsin has done well. And Michigan has been playing them, if I if uh, memory serves me right, every single freaking year since Harbaugh has been there. Obviously, that's not surprising with Penn State and Michigan State. But then you put in Wisconsin and or Iowa at the beginning when they're good too, which is uh, – not making anything easier for Jim Harbaugh when he first gets here, but it's just like, he's being who, who else is going to do it? Who, well, yeah. who else right. are you going to bring in? That is going to be able to beat urban Meyer on a regular basis Unless because Saban. No, right? nobody has, nobody has last this right. year. Purdue beat him. The other year, Iowa beat him. Oklahoma beat him. So there you go. There was actually that two loss team. Um, when Oklahoma beat him, but the previous year, then even before that, uh, I know I can't remember if Lincoln we, Riley was there, but they lost. Penn State beat them, but that was just once. So, so it's all this one. Urban loses that one game where he's not. They're they're just not really prepared for, or they overlook a team. Right? That happens every year with uh, Ohio State. They'll have at least one game. It's Iowa. It was t- this year it was Purdue. Barely scraped through Maryland, and then yet Michigan can't win because guess what? Urban always. My problem is, is when I see, hear people say, "Well, how did Purdue beat them? How did Maryland beat them? Did we not, you know, listen to them going?" But they didn't prepare the same for those teams as they did Michigan. There's no way in heck is Urban Meyer is not going to go. I want to save our best game for Michigan, and I want to destroy him, especially when Michigan's sitting on, in the playoff. Are you kidding me? Urban was ready for that, and that's why I, I think you're absolutely right. Is talking about. Urban Meyer is elite, and it's Jim Harbaugh trying to beat Urban Meyer and not at necessarily Ohio State. Yeah, I get it. They're both Ohio State, you know, but you're absolutely right. And I guess the question would be is would Jim Harbaugh ever beat Ur- Urban Meyer? That's 
That's the question. I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to right. see that with right. depending on what's going on. But right. the only the only coach that has beaten since Urban Meyer has come to Ohio State, the only coach has beaten him multiple times, which is only two times if I'm seeing it correctly, was D'Antonio. Yeah. One time in the Big Ten championship game and then another time in the uh the regular season. Yeah. And so and he didn't even do it on a regular basis. So right. who are you going to say that you can hire in and have them come in and they're going to be Urban Meyer on a regular basis? And Ohio uh, Urban Meyer led Ohio State. Outside of Nick Saban, maybe maybe Dabo Sweeney. Right. Who yeah. else would you but you're not gonna get them. I mean, right, even if right. people think that they could do that, yep. you're not going to get them. Right, right, exactly. And that's the, and I mean, that, I think that just bases Boisley all down to that is Urban Meyer is an elite coach with Saban and possibly Dabo Sweeney. And they're all three on a different level than everybody else. And Urban Meyer is a great coach. He's not elite. And I, I, I'm not putting them there. You can't put them there. He's a great coach, and you know what? What he's done with Michigan is great. It's going to be – to me, I'm not sure they'll ever beat Michi- uh, Ohio State as long as Urban Meyer's there. I don't even know if Urban Meyer's going to be there next year just by, based on everything. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I, it's those are all good questions, man. I mean, So here, here's this. Okay, stop me when you hear a name of somebody that you would hire that would beat – Urban Meyer on a regular basis. Stoops. Jimbo Fisher. Mark nope. D'Antonio. Mark Richt. Nope. Lincoln Riley. James no Franklin. Mike Gundy. Nope. Hey. Brian Kelly. Bill Snyder. Les Miles. Kirk Ferentz. Scott Frost. <laughs> Lane Kiffin. Kevin Sublin. Chip Kelly. Where are we going? Brett Bielma. Come on. I mean, come on. Everybody's saying fire Harbaugh. Bring somebody in who's going to beat him. Where Where are you going with this, people? Right. Right. Yeah. Urban Meyer and Nick Saban are on another level. Yeah. Like that. That's, that's, um, that's the thing. That's, that's it. And, and you can, what? do you think that the fans don't want to hear that? Is that what, or accept it? Is I don't know. What, now, I, I don't like saying like, it, but it, it is what it is. It sounds like what it does to me is they can't accept that Urban Meyer is a better coach than Jim Harbaugh right now. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't understand how people can can say that with the fact that Urban Meyer has his championships with um, the success that he's had every year and things like that. You 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 cannot say, in my opinion, you cannot say that Jim Harbaugh is a better coach than Urban Meyer. Now, of course, I think they do things vastly different and you can talk about the sketchy things and whatever, whatever you want to say with that. But in the end, wins and losses, all that jazz. Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, better coaches than Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. yeah. A- after that, no. you're gonna you're gonna get into you know really difficult conversations and things on that on you know Dabo Sweeney and some stuff kind of like uh, Jimbo Fisher and kind of some things like that. But yeah, it's no, basically Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, and everybody else. Pretty much. Yeah. And I don't like saying it, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, and you're right, and it's. It's tough because Urban Meyer's always been one of the best coaches. I mean, we're talking a, a, a college coach who took Utah, who was outstanding. They took and we went to Florida. They won championships there, and they were elite. And then he goes to Ohio State and does the same thing. He doesn't miss a beat. He's one of the. He is the best. 
and you got to hand it to them is there's going to Michigan's going to have to play not only their best game but even better than that to beat Ohio State from here on out with Urban Meyer there it just are so yeah and so that's kind of like where I said where it's just like Urban Meyer it just makes it look like Urban Meyer went in the first year didn't have to deal with a whole lot and took down Michigan. Then in 2016, it was like, oh, holy crap, you know, this was close. 2017, oh, Michigan looks like crap. Wow, they game-planned really well. They kind of stuck with us, but we were able to rely on our athleticism and our better players, right. and we won. 2018 comes on. We're the, they're the underdogs, and they're like, well, this is BS. We're going to beat the crap out of them. We're going to do this, and they, like, give it 110% like they haven't done before. Maybe right. they have, maybe they haven't, but that's just what it looks like. And then they just roll away from Michigan. So yep. I'm not saying that it it should be necessarily acceptable that Michigan doesn't beat Ohio State, but I'm kind of sitting here uh, like, what what do you do? You expect Jim Harbaugh to be able to just easily do this because Urban Meyer has track record of doing doing this great. Uh, the, I mean, like I said, I don't even think he's had 10 total losses since he's been at Ohio state since what? 2012. Right. 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 Exactly. And Harbaugh's I mean, already at that. It was since he's been there since 2015, they yeah, do things the differently. Fact is Michigan is their rival, their biggest rival. It's the game. Urban Meyer plans for the game. And his team is ready to play us, and they always do. They always play up to playing us. And like you said, he's just an elite coach. He's a great coach, and Harbaugh's a great coach. You're not going to get anybody out there that list that you found that's going to be better than him. You're not. Go, go get – fire Jim Harbaugh, fine. And guess what? You're going to bring in another guy who's just maybe good or great. And they're going to do the same thing against Urban Meyer. Exactly the same yeah. thing. The only thing that could potentially have success is if they took a gamble on somebody from the NFL. Right. Right. I, I really think that that would be the only thing that could potentially right. have quote unquote success. So right. yeah. now uh, a couple of things here that I do want to mention though, because you see it. it okay. I get where people are going, but sometimes people just need to stop. Because people are now doing it. I don't know if you saw this, but people are now doing the Jim Harbaugh, Dabo Sweeney comparison. Did you see that? I did, yeah. Where how they're like, oh, well, it took Dabo Sweeney five years to beat, what was it, South Carolina or whatever? Was it? His rival, whoever, I don't know. I don't really care about the detail, but it took him five years to beat him. And now look at Dabo Sweeney, you know, dominant, running over things and everything like that. That honestly needs to stop because that that comparison is a lot of comparisons are not good because even the especially the comparison with Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban is another terrible one but comparison between Dabo Sweeney and Jim Harbaugh is a bad one because Dabo Sweeney took over Clemson after being a coordinator right Okay, and it took so then it took him five years to establish things there and establish things over their rival and everything. Jim Harbaugh is coming off of a very successful time at Stanford and the rivalry that he dealt with um, Pete Carrollworth over there in the Pac-12 goes then to the NFL, very successful career, goes into Pete Carroll uh, rivalry 2.0 in the NFL, goes to the Super Bowl. 
And then he comes to Michigan and sh- and has the struggle against the rival for four years. So I'm sorry, but the, I feel like that is a terrible comparison to talk to try to put where Dabo Sweeney was promoted from a coordinator to a head coach and can't do anything against the rival for right. five years to Jim Harbaugh and his success and then his performance against Urban Meyer. Because, again, another thing, Dabo Sweeney wasn't going against Urban Meyer. Right. Dabo right. Sweeney wasn't going against Nick Saban. No. Every no. year for a rival. So, yeah. who, who, and, and, and you can't, you, and, the, and here's the other thing, too, is just like you can't really compare. Well, well then uh, go ahead and attack uh, everybody that's done things for the rivalry games for Alabama. You know, who's being Nick Saban on a regular basis? Nobody. Right. right. There's like a well, win here or win there, maybe. Well, they're saying, AB, you know, you got Nick Saban in the SEC. It's like Saban. And then who's their next closest rival? Georgia, right? Well, they've got the Alabama rivalry or right. uh, the Auburn rivalry, the LSU rivalry. LSU, right. I mean, you could say that Bama is Ohio State and then Michigan could be either be Georgia or um LSU if they wanted to be you know what I mean that's how it's it seems to be if you want to compare it but the ACC you're talking about Clemson I mean look look at their schedule the only close game they had was against Texas A&M where they almost lost but they still won I mean look at their schedule look at all the teams they played they're bad I mean I mean Georgia Tech Syracuse Wake Forest NC State Florida State who's having a down year Louisville Boston College come on I mean that right there just says, hey, you know what? It's like Clemson and the ACC and everybody else, and everybody else is average. So, Yeah, well, uh, something else to mention. You can go ahead and compare to, uh, if you want to, you can talk a little bit more about, like, Harbaugh compared to Bo or Lloyd Carr and things like that. Of course, right. again, I mean, Bo went, a, went against Hayes. I mean, that was huge. Um, and, sure, Bo had his success. But then uh, Lloyd Carr struggled, too. I mean, Lloyd Carr had multiple losses and seasons and uh, different things with that. And also, um, gosh, somebody threw it out there. I can't remember who it was. But Michigan had very few between, I think it was like, was it 1990 or 1993 and 2014? Michigan had like three or four 10-win seasons or something of the sort. And then... Jim Harbaugh does it three of his first four years. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, there, it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, with Urban Meyer there, yeah, it's not going to be easy, guys. I mean, that's – I don't know who thought it was going to be. Yeah, we thought it would be more competitive and maybe it would be more of something like I think that's one and four or two and two, which yeah. honestly one and four probably is, you know, not – you know, it's a yard away. Or inches yeah, short. I think what you're seeing out there right now is so many obviously Michigan fans are eating each other up pretty much, right? Um, you have the fire, you have, I call it the extremes. You have the fire Harbaugh, and then you have the fire Harbaugh can do no wrong crowd, too. And then they're fighting each other. And then there's people in the middle that's kind of looking at both sides saying, hey, you know what? There's some things that need to be tweaked. But to me, it's like this game, I'm looking at as. The way Michigan lost in this game is what makes these Michigan fans so irate right now is because not only did we lose bad, we got curb stomped. 
and we we were up what what were a five point uh, uh, lead or up five point uh, we had five points that we should uh, be up on Ohio State and going into this game uh, they gave us and we're seeing a lot of fans that are just absolutely irate pissed and you know what that's what you're seeing and man it's getting ugly out there isn't it it's just this is the one as soon as I knew when Michigan lose I said this is just gonna get ugly here we go and if you post any tweet out there that says well we had a good season like I did I said hey we had a 10 uh a 10 win season and we just absolutely we lost the first game of the season we lost the last game of the season but we won all the things in the middle that we forgot about. That's not good enough. So I get attacked like, well, that's not a great season. It's Ohio State or bust. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Well, I don't want to be that crowd where it's like, I just want to beat Ohio State. That's it. I want to beat them too. I mean, I really do. I'm passionate about beating them. It sucks, man. It's disappointing. But, you know, I think we all, like you were talking about, just need to take a deep breath and go, you know what? This is a hard loss. It's going to take a while to get recover. But, I don't think firing Jim Harbaugh is the answer. That's ridiculous. Who else are you going to get? You're not going to get anybody better than him at Michigan. And um, uh, that's my opinion. And I thought it was a, a, a great season for us. Yeah, the last game always hurts because it's the last one you remember. So Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is just like I'm not coming in here, and I don't think you are either, but we're not coming no. in here and necessarily no. saying, you know, this we're throwing out excuses and everything. It's just like this is the way it is. Yeah. Like who yeah. exactly why we're having the conversation, who would come in and be urban Meyer on a regular basis? Yeah. You're going to get somebody come in and yeah, they're, they could maybe, maybe one time in four years, they'd have a win against urban Meyer. You know what? Honestly, I think Jim Harbaugh should have one win against urban Meyer, but again, yeah. we're not going to go into that conversation, but who, who else is doing that? Nobody is doing that. Right. So, right. I mean, it, it, Michigan fans got set up so badly, and this is why Michigan gets trolled, why Michigan gets clickbaited more than almost anybody else and everything. Oh, yeah. But it's just like when the the mainstream media knew nothing about the Jim Harbaugh coming to Michigan thing, Michigan thing. They knew nothing. They pretended like they did. They knew nothing. Ever since then, they've always been saying that Jim Harbaugh is going to go, and they're always wrong because they know absolutely nothing. But then they built it up. Which, yeah, sure, Michigan built things up themselves, too. But the mainstream media, which is the biggest garbage pile ever, built things up on, oh, Harbaugh's going to take over. Oh, some people saying Harbaugh is better than Nick Saban as a coach. And all this other stuff. And Michigan soaks it up, and then everybody's just like, oh, well, Michigan's going to be lucky to get eight or nine wins first season. Harbaugh spoils that and does two back-to-back 10-win seasons, and everybody gets spoiled, and then everybody gets pissed afterwards right. when things don't go well. And it's just like, look, you, you, I mean, you have to kind of be realistic. It's not – Michigan was not set up like Ohio State was when Urban Meyer came in where they barely yeah. skipped a beat in recruiting and everything like that. So what do you expect? I mean, everything was a debate debacle during rich rod things were not that much better with hoke except for maybe a, some better recruits but nothing special and I mean, then harbaugh me... comes in and does what he does and then people all have all these expectations i mean yeah and so you can't have one thing too before i want i'm gonna give it back to you craig is just like you can't i stopped watching and paying attention to mainstream sports media for the most part yeah. every once in a while i'll check out a couple of things but i don't watch sports center i don't listen on a regular basis to anything. The most that I get is I'll listen to 
the Mike and Wingo in the morning for the 15 minutes I'm driving to work just to like maybe catch up on some of the things that happened the night before. That is it. I don't take any of their uh, stuff uh, very much because all their, their, the way that it's doing is that they have to make it entertaining. They have to have the hot takes. They have to have the garbage because they know either people will be like, oh, my gosh, that's so out of this world, or you're the dumbest idiot, and they have to argue with them. That's what it is. All mainstream sports media is is a show. That's like, it. Yeah. That's yeah. why with the local things, like the smaller ones where it's either, mm-hmm. you know, uh, M Live or, you know, some of the local things reporting on the teams and smaller, closer home and the things that we talk about and everything, we're not here to impress. We're not here to, for numbers. We're not trying to be the next mainstream thing. We're not here to be popular. We're just here talking about it and uh, talking about it as honestly and openly as we can while they're pushing numbers, trying to get better. Because if things don't work out, people in those positions get fired. With us, who gives a crap? We don't get paid for any of this. We're just going to talk about it openly on how it is. So if you guys want to follow that garbage and everything, fine. I'm not saying you're silly for doing or anything, but that's what you're going to get. You're just going to get trash all the time. Right. And you're right. It's um, well, they what they do is they kick a hornet's nest and then they walk out of the room and watch everybody go nuts. And that's what they do is they get everybody stirred up. Uh, freaking out saying oh michigan they get, oh my gosh this might be the first time michigan's had a five point thing they stirred that up they got the revenge tour they got all this going i mean michigan did that i mean and so we all were kind of going in and and feeling confident against this game and i was i myself i wasn't as confident as everybody else so i guess um i was i was surprised but i was severely disappointed on the way michigan played would I have been disappointed if Michigan lost the game but lost at a close battle? No. Um, but I will say this is, what do you think the fan base would have been like if Maryland or, yeah, well, actually Maryland, let's say Maryland beat Ohio State and then Michigan lost big time, the same loss like they did on Saturday, we'd, st- we'd be in the Big Ten champion. You think it'd still be as severe as it is because of this? We lost two things in this game. No, yeah, no, it wouldn't be as bad. It wouldn't be as bad because everybody's been waiting for that championship, and now it's not there. Two, three things got taken away from Michigan in this game. Like, that's the thing. Like, Ohio State. They took away Ohio State had, like, so little to lose compared to what Michigan did because Michigan had, you know, finally being uh, being able to beat Ohio State. Finally getting to the Big Ten Championship game. Finally being able to get into the college football playoff. Playoff, yep. Three things. And and one more thing is Ohio State not only did that, but they beat us severely. Yeah. (laughs) And so they took away even almost our pride walking into this game. They humiliated us, you know, embarrassed us, which is another thing. They said, you know, now we're going to do that. We're going to take that away from you. And they took all those aspects away from you, and that is why you're seeing the fans so irate, so much pissed off at one one another. Even if some people say, you know, I'm I'm over on this side, I'm on this side, and yet they're battling, and I'm just kind of kind of staying. I'm not saying I want to stay neutral. Yeah, I'm disappointed, but I still think ten a ten win season's good. And Urban Meyer is just a great coach. I mean, he's a elite coach. I'm not can't even say great anymore. And 
it, it is what it is. Until, I guess I, part of me wants to say to everybody is, hey, go into next year saying, don't guarantee anything. Don't say, hey, we're going to beat Ohio State this year. Or, hey, you know what? This is our year. This is the year of, for us. Walk into Ohio State saying this. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. That's how I'm going to do it. That's not yeah. a very famous thing to say, but I guess I'm going to have to because I can't say Michigan is going to win this game, uh, the game next year. I can't say that. You can't say that. Yeah, well, and then I know what you're getting with, too, and, like, with the Higdon thing and everything, and that was, like, the biggest joke ever. Yeah, and that was with w- the way- overplayed, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because the guy's just, like, so, uh, yeah, I don't even know how it was, but it was just kind of, like, okay, either you're going to be telling the Michigan player to guarantee the win or say guarantee that they're going to lose. Basically, it was an ultimatum. Either they're, either the way you're going to say it is guaranteeing that Michigan is going to win or you're guaranteeing that Michigan is going to lose. So guess what the player is going to say? It was the dumb. I don't know who that was, but that was the one of the dumbest things ever. Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, like, you're just setting up. I don't think that had any uh, part with this or anything with that, but it was just, yeah. And, and uh, neither of us like saying it, but it is just yeah. who's – who else outside of Urban and Saban is coaching at that level? Right. I mean, that's yeah. it. Like, the, Urban yeah. Meyer is a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. I, I, I mean, there's yeah. there's nothing you can do. to. It's been four years. He's even got the players, too. I mean, he's got, well, he's got great players there, too. I mean, he does. Yeah. So. Now, of course, uh, yeah, I mean, because then people can dissect it further. And like I said, right. talk about the iffy and sketchy things and whatever. And it's just like, OK, but it's just like four years. One of the times being favored and things like that and all of that. And sure, 2017 was as bad as it gets and whatever. But it's just like Urban Meyer has proved it over four years. So, I mean, yeah, okay, if it was one and three, you could maybe have some arguments and everything and start a discussion. I don't know, whatever. We're not going to, I mean, that conversation could go on forever, but everything points to it, and especially just like how it how it played out. Ohio yep. State dominated. Yep. I mean, this, like, it'd be one thing if it was competitive and Michigan, Michigan lost a close one, where it's just like, right. oh, my gosh, Urban Meyer, you know, is so superior than Harbaugh and everything. It's just like, ah, well, you know, it was, uh, it was close and everything. And Harbaugh is always one of those people that yeah. makes it close, blah, 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 or whatever. But no, it was just, it was kind of, it was kind of like, you know, the cherry on top and everything where I anticipate that I wouldn't be too surprised if urban just hangs it up because it's just like, who else can have those bragging rights and everything of his, right. I mean, he hasn't been, he hasn't lost or lost to Michigan. He's been undefeated against Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and he's going to try to continue to be, and it's going to be extremely tough to beat them. Him. So as long as he's there, it's going to be extremely tough to beat him. It really is. So yeah. And like I like said, saying, it's, it's like yeah. saying Alabama, SEC, throw AS, SEC in this and say this. Think about them. You don't think Georgia and um, uh, LSU and all of them are going as long as Saban's there? We're not going to be able to beat uh, um, Alabama. <laughs> we're just not gonna. And yeah. that's how that's how they're worth sitting. It's the same way. Yeah, no, nobody yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. Beat Saban. Yeah. Every yeah. once in a while, somebody would beat him and everything. Right. Right. Exactly. I know. Yeah. It's. I don't get it. So. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's not it's not pretty. It's not fun to talk about, but I mean, you don't sit there and see Georgia going. Well, we got to fire Kirby Smart. <laughs> I don't see a lot of that going around because you know, let's say he loses Alabama again, and you know they're going to call for a Kirby Smart. Said no. <laughs> He's a great coach. He's actually turned around Georgia. So, but yeah, I know, man. It's. Yeah, I talk, part of me just says, you know what, we just need to just calm down and just, you know what, see what things happen. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh is going to remain our coach. Everybody knows that he's not getting fired as much as some out there like it. Um, but you're not going to get a better coach than him who's not on Saban or um, Urban Meyer's level. So. Yeah, no, it's – Yep, it's not fun, but it is what it is, so... Not fun. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah, I don't really see or understand what uh, other people would think would change that. Because everybody's losing to somebody. Even if you want to take Lincoln uh, Lincoln Riley or whatever, I mean, he lost to Texas. And, you know, if... if Yeah, no. It, no, there's, you, there's no one. And, and that's the thing too is like everybody's just like fire and it's just like okay what's the answer then that that is not an answer and that is not fixing a problem that is just uh, you taking out your anger right right and you're right it's like this usually when you fire somebody you have a backup plan right well you fire and we already have this person ready no you just can't say fire and then go okay we're gonna get this guy who you don't even have a guy in mind. There's nobody on the market. There's not nobody that we can bring in. Franklin, no. That's not going to happen. He's not elite. He's not even great. He's a, he's a good coach. Okay? D'Antonio, that's never going to happen. Come on. Some of these coaches you've named, I would just be like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so, it's- well, to uh, go ahead and talk uh, uh, right here with, as we're ending things, um. Next year is going to be a test too, yeah. because not only are some there are some big games on the road. Like you want to talk about daunting schedule this year. It's, uh, listen to this: um, at Wisconsin next year, uh, playing Iowa, but that game is going to be at Michigan. Uh, at Penn State. Tough. That then the end of October is Notre Dame at home. Then in November, it's Michigan State and Ohio State. So we the, the thing that I talked about, the end of the year, Michigan always having issues. Yep. You've got uh, at Penn State, the next week is Notre Dame at home. Then you've got Maryland uh, on the road. Then you've got bye week. Then you've got Michigan State at home. Then you've got at Indiana. Then you've got Ohio State at home. Everything there packed in at the end. Right. And so that's another dialogue uh, thing, too, where it's just like what happens with being able to keep up and everything. So, yeah, I don't I'm not saying that Harbaugh will. uh, But I'm not saying Harbaugh will never be Urban Meyer because we saw in 2016 it could have and probably should have happened. But, you know, people kind of have to face reality on, you know, and that's the thing, too, where it's just like, yes, changing things on offense can help, I think. But let's also face it, this, you know, the defense didn't help things out either. I mean, when yeah. you're coming at, like, it was so so uncharacteristic 
Yeah, because defense, the, the defense, <laughs> in a way, in an issue, they really dropped the ball in this game. Yeah, well, because then, um, and no, and that's part of the thing too that nobody ever saw coming. Because before this game and everything, the most points that Don Brown has let up between Michigan and Boston College was, I think, forty-eight points. Right. So for so then, um, forty-eight to thirty-nine. <clears throat> What's that sound like? Yeah, that's that sounds kind of close, forty-eight to thirty-nine. But no, uncharacteristically, and forty-eight points was um, when he was at Boston College, and they played number eight FSU in two thousand thirteen. Yeah, and so the most points he lets up is with one of his best defenses against Ohio. So super uncharacteristic. So everybody wants to talk about offensive changes. I'm not talking about making defensive changes, but I'm just saying, hey, you know, pump the brakes. Yes, there can be improvements on offense, but this was a huge issue called or caused from the defensive side of things. Yeah, and kind of break it down and summarize everything is is the defense was let down. Let let down. They didn't play well whatsoever, <clears throat> which forced Michigan into an offense to play an offense that they're not used to. And that's necessary. That's pretty much what you're saying is, you know, Michigan, I want a Michigan at times to play an offense that they aren't accustomed to playing. You know what I mean? And that it's my own fault to kind of say, man, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. You should be doing this. And that's not how they play. They haven't played that way all year. And that's what you saw. The defense kind of failed in this. And then the offense tried hard to be something they weren't. And they tried to stick to the same plan, and it just didn't work. And by that time, they're just, you know, they got overwhelmed. They're down uh, 14 points. They're about down 20-something points. And they, they're they just not a team, when they get down that many, can score in bunches. And that's what happened. And it, it, the offense relies on the defense to keep the game close so Michigan can score a touchdown and keep and get close. And Michigan, in this game, was way behind in the whole game. So. Yeah, unlike last year when the offense relied on the defense to win games, yeah. this this year, this game specifically, the offense was needing the defense to keep it close, and they yep. weren't able to. I'll yep. say this uh, before I say kind of like a final thing and every uh, and all that. Um, I mentioned the quote on how when Bo was coaching against Woody Hayes and there was a game where he was talking at halftime or whatever and saying, you know, we made Woody Hayes pass the ball because Woody Hayes was always just, you know, run it, run over everybody. Right. You know, essentially that's what happened in this game where Ohio state made Michigan not play their game because er, uh, essentially at halftime, they were probably saying, Hey, we may, we're making Michigan, pass the ball more than they want to and we're making their defense move to zone so yep exactly which they're not used to because they're getting beat man to man that's exactly right yep and that's what they did yep took michigan way out of their character or the comfort zone and that's what happened so yep so there's that and i'll kind of finish with this um craig you're still a michigan fan right I'm always I'm all man. I've been a Michigan fan since a little kid, so and I'm 50, so that's never going to change, man. I there is no team. I'm yeah. I go through the tough times, man. You just gotta you just gotta weather them. So yeah. So I there mean, you go. Craig, Craig still 
Yeah, you could be a you could be a a team like I mean, can you imagine being a Rutgers fan or something like that? I mean, <laughs> how frustrating is that, right? Getting you know one win out of the year. It's, it, I mean, that's how I look at it, and I understand Michigan. You know, we need to be get better. Yeah, do we want to be more than ten wins? Of course. Do we have to be at our rivals? Oh yeah, that is that is the goal. But I tell you, man, when Ohio State's got a coach like Urban Meyer, it's going to be really, really rough to do. So. Yeah. Well, Michigan's uh, Craig's still a Michigan fan. I'm still a Michigan fan. Oh, yeah. uh, Michigan always has a tall order. They've got plenty of rivalry games. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is only or Ohio State's only rivalry game. I mean, because Michigan plays Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State. I mean, you even have the trophy game with Minnesota and things like that. So, but anyways, the game you wanna, you gotta, you gotta win those. You gotta win that game. Yeah. yeah. So, we're still Michigan fans. We're still here. We know that a lot of our listeners are still fans and haven't gone anywhere. So, we. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you guys listening in. This was a long one, a lot to talk about. We didn't even like, there's still plenty more to talk about and everything, but it's yeah. just like Harbaugh is not going anywhere. Nope. Winning against, again, I will say it this way, winning against Urban Meyer is going to be ridiculously difficult. And this year, <laughs> this year proved Urban it. Urban Meyer and not Ohio State. Yeah, again, emphasis on Urban Meyer and not Ohio State because it, I think it will be different when he's not there. Yeah, they're so they'll still be good. So I'm not saying that, but it's just kind of like, and I'm not saying you know, oh, make it East first. We don't want. I've wanted to be Urban Meyer. Everybody's wanted to have Michigan be Urban. We're Meyer. not saying it's not going to happen. What we're saying is, is it's, it's not going to be extremely difficult to beat him. Yeah, just like it's extremely difficult to beat Saban in the SEC. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's similar. It just is. So I hear you, man. It's uh, so yeah. Be good to each other, fans. I mean, try to. But you know, and the thing is, is I'm not, I'm not for or against, you know, people saying this or this. I just kind of say, you know what, people vent, let them vent their own way, I guess, and we'll see where it goes. But uh, yeah, I can see why people are severely pissed off about losing this game, and I can see why people are just like, hey, you know what, I we have to move on, or I'm going to move on, and we'll see what changes Jim Harbaugh makes. So and we got a bowl game coming up. I can see that crowd. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, um, with that, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We know there's a long week ahead of us. Uh, got to check and see how things go with bowl season. We'll be keeping up with you guys. We'll still be talking about the uh, rankings and things like that. So more episodes still always come. We'll catch you every week. Until next time, though, go blue. Go blue.